1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. If you're watching online, be sure to click share. I saw during the first service at 9 a.m. just on YouTube, there were people watching online in Australia, in Israel, South Africa, in Canada. Amen. So God bless them all. Now, if you're five minutes away, you need to be here in person. Amen. But if you're watching online, click share. Our Sunday morning series has been four things we must confess. And as we've been learning to live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess and act like who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what you possess in Christ, and what you can do in Christ Jesus. And we began last Sunday learning about what we possess in Christ Jesus. As we learn, the power of God is in His Word. And He created everything in existence by His Word. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need. Say, say everything. everything. So His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him. And where do we get that knowledge? It's in the Word of God. And so praise God for Sunday morning. Praise God for Wednesday night. But in your own time, whether in the morning, lunch, the evening, you got to open up the Word of God for yourself and see what belongs to you and walk in it through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may. Say, I may. See, there's a difference between may and will. God's will for our lives is wonderful. God's will for our lives is awesome. It is magnificent. But we have a part to play. We have to take action. There are things that we have to do in our lives to walk in His best, to walk in His will. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate. And this explains why there are many believers, and if you talk to them, they would say they love the Lord, they, they love God with all their heart, they, they love the Word of God, they go to church with their family, but they're not walking in God's best. 
They're not participating in everything that belongs to them in Christ. And maybe they don't know about it. Or maybe because of religious upbringing, they have been prejudiced against it. But Peter answers this question for us. So that through them you may say, I may. I may. So you got to know about the promises. You've got to believe that they are for you. Then you've got to confess them and take action upon them. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. And escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So you've got to get God's word into your heart. And you've got to get it into your heart to such a degree you get it above any problems, any circumstances in your life. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give unto you the desires of your heart. And how do we delight ourselves in the Lord? Well, one way is what you're doing right now. You're here in church on a Sunday morning putting God first. One way we delight ourselves in the Lord is by doing what the Lord told Joshua to do, meditating on his word day and night, being careful to do how many things written in it? Everything or all things written in it, then you'll make your way prosperous and successful. Jesus said in John 15 and verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. And as I said last Sunday, we live in a time when there are a million distractions. Leonard Ravenhill once said, a great revivalist, he said that if a man, any man, and he said if a pastor, a preacher determines to pray, Satan will line up a million distractions. Well, we live in a world of distractions. There's distractions on the news. There's distractions at work. There are distractions in interpersonal relationships. And that's before you talk about the internet and social media. There are all these distractions. So you've got to decide in your life to abide in him, to remain in him, and for his word to remain in you. That that comes first before everything else. 1 John 5, beginning in verse 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, say anything, if we ask anything according to his will, we teach on prayer, we, we learn about how we know the will of our heavenly father by his word. So if someone said, well, Austin, I don't know about God's will in this area, don't know about God's will in that area, that, that tells me they've not been in the Word. They don't know what the Word says. We know His will by His Word. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. Say, I have it. Yes. Say, He's heard me. Yes, Say, He's answered me. Yes. Say, I have it. Well, we got to act like it. We got to talk like it. We got to walk like it. So to live a victorious Christian life, you must know and confess what you possess in Christ. What belongs to you? What is yours? What has your name written on it? Now, someone might believe, someone might, again, they might love the Lord. They might say they love the Word of God. They might be in church right now somewhere with their, their family. But they might say, well, that's too good for me, or I don't know if that's for me. Or maybe they buy into the religious thinking, well, that, that's only for God's favorites. Or God wills that some have this blessing and others do without that blessing. If they buy into that thinking, they, they might think. They might have the attitude. They might say, well, their name is not written on it. But see, you, you got to give that up. And you've got to believe and know and act like and talk like and say in your life that every one of his blessings has 
your name written on it, and it belongs to you. I believe it was Brother Kenneth Copeland once talked about how in heaven there is a warehouse of the blessings of God, and they are ours, and they belong to us, but we've got to realize it, and we've got to believe we receive them and take them by faith. So we're dealing with our inheritance in Christ. We're dealing with what belongs to us in Christ. And we have a wonderful inheritance that has been left to us by the richest person in the universe. A poor man or woman doesn't typically leave an inheritance behind. They don't typically leave a will. There's nothing to leave behind. When you leave a will, when there's an inheritance, it means you have something to give that you want to pass on to others, your heirs or someone else or an organization, an institution. Jesus left a will. We call the second half of the Bible the New Testament. And it, testament means will. It is actually the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. It is a legal document ratified by heaven. And he is the executive administrator. But he cannot execute his will if we don't cooperate. And we cannot cooperate if we don't know what legally belongs to us. The heirs, that's you and me, we cannot cooperate if we are ignorant of the fact that we are indeed heirs. If an heir doesn't know he or she has an inheritance, how can they claim it? How can they possess it? How can they show up and knock and, and say, that's mine, it's got my name on it, and I want what belongs to me. Not next year, next month, next year, but now I want what belongs to me. And the sad truth is that Satan, he keeps many believers bound and defeated because they don't know who they are in Christ, where they are in Christ, and they don't know what belongs to them in Christ Jesus. They don't know what they ought to possess in Christ. Say, I have an inheritance. Smile, smile at your neighbor and say, I have an inheritance. Smile at your other neighbor and say, I have an inheritance. You know, there, there are times I get one of those spam emails, you know, something to the effect of I'm in this country and I have no heirs and I'd like to give you a billion dollars or whatever it is. I just need you to send me your bank account information so we can do a test transaction or whatever it is. Well, when I get one of those spam emails, I never get excited because I know it's not real. But, but if you found out this morning before coming to church that someone you know that has some ability, they, they had passed, but they had left something behind for you, you would be happy. You, you would be joyful. You would have the, the joy of the Lord. You know, and even though it is not yet in your account, you would be happy. You would be joyful. And when someone asked you and said, how's it going? You would be thrilled. You would be excited. You'd be so happy. Not a care or concern in the world because you would know that there is an inheritance that has been left for you, and it has your name on it. Well, there's something far more wonderful than anything in this earthly, natural world, and it is the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 18, Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, again, that we may know, that we may know the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Say, I have an inheritance. I have an inheritance. Say, there are, there are blessings 
there are benefits that belong to me. So what do we possess in Christ? Well, last Sunday we began learning how the first thing that we possess in Christ is divine help. Say, I possess divine health in Christ Jesus. Say, healing and divine health belong to me. Say, it doesn't matter what's going on in 2021. Divine health is mine. Now, there's a lot of talk about this Greek letter and that Greek letter and this variant and that variant. You know, in my life, the only variant that matters is the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it doesn't matter what's going on in this world. I'm a part of the family of God. I'm a son of God. You're, you're a son or daughter of God. We have his name. We have his blood. We are blessed. We are protected. And we have to remind ourselves of what belongs to us because we are. Say, I am a child of God. Now, last Sunday, I dealt with some things, extra, additional, perhaps to answer questions that a new person might have or questions that maybe somebody brought up in a very negative religious background might have. And I want to do that a little bit again this morning. You have to realize that healing is in the atonement. Praise God that forgiveness and salvation is in the atonement, but that is just the beginning that is not the end. Healing is in the atonement. Look in your Bible at Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4. Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4. And one thing you have to keep in mind, Pastor explained this a little bit Wednesday night, that decades ago he settled on using the New International Version translation for church, for services, because what the NIV does is it seeks to equally balance accuracy and readability. Now here at St. Paul's, many of the classes, we use the New American Standard Bible. And that puts greater emphasis on accuracy, but it makes it a little bit harder to read because it follows the Greek word order. Well, just because something makes sense in Koine Greek doesn't mean that translates in the same order of words into English. So that's why the NASB is a little bit more difficult to read. But some translations, as good as they are, every translation has its strengths and weaknesses. And on every translation, you have men and women sitting on those committees doing their best, but they all come from their background, their perspective, and they all have their theological prejudices. And so sometimes that's an issue. And an example of this is in Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, beginning in verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs. Well, the word there for griefs is the Hebrew word kolai, which is literally sicknesses. And everywhere else, this is translated sickness or disease. And so Isaiah 53 in the NIV is an example of how there are, there are places where the, the prejudices of the translation committee come through. And so sometimes people read Isaiah 53 and they don't see, they don't get, they don't grasp, they don't realize that just as much as Jesus paid the price for us to be forgiven of our sins, he paid the price for us to be healed in our physical bodies. Surely he hath borne our griefs. And praise God, he, he bore my griefs and my sorrows, but he also bore my sicknesses and my diseases. And the word there for grief is the word for sicknesses and carried our sorrows. The NIV translates this as sorrows. 
And that would lead us to believe that Jesus carried our emotional baggage and praise God for it. Amen. But the word there is macabre, which means physical pain, physical suffering. So he bore our sicknesses. He bore our diseases. He bore our physical pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Say, say with his stripes. With his stripes. Now I'm going to put it in past tense because the New Testament does. With his stripes say, I have been, I have been healed. healed. But I want you to see that healing is in the atonement. And you have to come to the place where you see for yourself in the word of God. The examples I gave last Sunday are these. That nowhere, not a single time, did Jesus make any, anyone sick. Yet religious people would have you believe that God goes around making people sick. And I gave the example that if I purposefully made one of our children sick, that would be child abuse. You think of all the terrible things that people say about our wonderful heavenly father. Healing is in the atonement. Jesus paid the price for you to be healed in your body just as much as he paid the price for you to be forgiven of your sins. Isaiah says we are healed, present tense, but in the New Testament, Peter says we have been. Say, I have been healed. So the work is done. It is finished. The price has been paid. Healing is in the atonement. And the gospel of Matthew bears witness to this fact. So don't just take Austin's word for it. Look over at Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Don't just take my word for it. And this is why it's good to have your own Bible. Amen. Praise God for all the technology when it works. Praise God for the internet when it is on. Amen. But you got to have your own Bible. Matthew 8, beginning in verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. Verse 16, when evening came, many, say, say, many. Many, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word, and he healed how many of the sick? I know it says he only healed those who it was God's will to heal on that particular day. Is that what it says? He, he only healed those who were the, the favorites of God. No, it says, Matthew writes, he healed all. Say all. He healed all the sick. Verse 17. So don't just take Austin's word that Isaiah 53 includes healing in the atonement. Here's Matthew, Matthew 8, 17. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. And notice Matthew, like I just did, like Peter does, puts it in the past tense. He took up our infirmities and he carried. Say, he carried my diseases. Well, if he paid the price, I don't need to pay the price. If he carried it, I don't need to carry it. If he took it upon himself, I don't need to take it upon myself. If the world is participating in this or that, or there, there's this mentality in the world, everyone's going to get it, everyone's going to have it, everyone's going to suffer with it, my attitude ought to be not me, Amen. and not my house, and not my family, and not my children. Because he paid the price. Amen. He bore it on my behalf. And a lot of Christianity is people in the name of religion trying to pay a price that Jesus has already paid. They're suffering with carrying what he already paid the price for. 
And so we've got to realize that and know what belongs to us. Say, healing, healing. has my name on it. Name. Say, even better, even better. Divine, health divine health has my name on it. In the Gospels, Jesus frequently healed all. Some examples. I just gave you one, Matthew 8, 16. Again, Matthew 12, verse 15. Mark 6, 56. Luke 4, 40. Luke 6, 19. And there are others. You might say, oh, I can't, can't write all those down. Just watch the message, listen to it later. When Peter first preached the gospel to the Gentiles, in Acts 10, 38, he said this about Jesus. He went around doing good and healing how many? All. He went around doing good and healing all. And so our attitude ought to be, that includes me too. That includes my husband too. That includes my wife too. That includes my children too. Your attitude ought to be, that includes us too. That includes my house too. That includes me too. He went around doing good and healing all. Say this, say healing belongs to me. Say healing is my covenant right. Say even better, divine health is mine. Say, my heavenly father, he wants me to walk in divine health. So what do we possess in Christ Jesus? First, we possess divine health. Now someone will always say, well, what about so-and-so? They were the most wonderful Christian, yet they suffered in their body. They were the most wonderful Christian, yet they died a terrible death. We have to realize that just because something happens doesn't mean that it's the will of God. People die and go to hell every day, but that doesn't mean that it is God's will for them and their lives. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any, say any, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, a young man he trained for ministry, and he said to Timothy that God wants all men to be saved. All means all. But that doesn't change the fact that there are people, they'll, they'll hear the good news. Some will believe, some will accept it, but there are those who will reject it. They'll reject the good news, they'll reject Christ, they'll reject the gospel. That's not God's will, but he's given us free will. He's given us the choice. But God's will is that not any, say not any, not should, any. Perish. should perish. Yet every day, thousands of people die and go to hell. Just because something happens doesn't mean it's the will of God. And we, we, we get into trouble when we walk around or we get on Facebook and say, well, this is the will of God and that's the will of God. We have to remind ourselves to hit the pause button. We know his will by his word. So just because something happens doesn't mean it's the will of God. So we cannot say that sickness is God's will just because it happens. We cannot say that God is leading us into sickness or putting sickness upon us any more than we can say that God is leading or God is causing people to go to hell. So again, wrong beliefs. Last Sunday I said that if people would just read their Bible for themselves, it would answer, it would fix a lot of wrong beliefs. Just read the Bible for yourself. And it's by reading the Bible you come to know what His will is for your life. Say, I possess, I possess divine, health divine health in Christ. In Christ. And we've taught, you've learned, if you've been here any length of time, that the same way we receive salvation is the same way that we receive healing. 
How do we walk in any of the blessings God has for us? Romans 10 and verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So how are we saved? By confessing with our mouth and by believing in our heart. How, how are we healed? By confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. How over time do we walk in the blessing of God? By confessing with our mouth and by believing in our heart. I love in Acts, there was an occasion where Paul was preaching the gospel. Luke wrote, he had faith. The word he used was for salvation, but a lot of the translations put faith to be healed. But faith to be saved is no different than faith to be healed. Faith to be healed is no different than faith to be saved. We've mentioned that John 10 and verse 10 is the dividing line of the Bible. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. The King James says more abundantly. So part of our inheritance is divine health. The ultimate goal is divine health, not divine healing. Praise God for the healing, but that's just the beginning. God's best for our lives is divine health. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord and forget not. Say, forget not. So th th this is why we have to do refreshers. We have to do refreshers on the basics. We have to do refreshers on confession. We have to do refreshers on healing. We have to do refreshers on what belongs to us. Praise the Lord and forget not all His benefits. Say, benefits. So there, there are benefits that belong to you. There are benefits that have your name written on it. Verse 3, who forgives all. How many? All. He forgives all your sins, and all means all, and heals all. How many? All. all your diseases. Now this is Old Testament, not New Testament. And if it was God's will that they be healed under the Old Covenant, how much more is it His will that we be healed under the New Covenant which is better, with better promises and a superior high priest. But think about this. They understood. The psalmist understood that it was God's will just as much that he be healed as he be forgiven of his sins. And see, believers today, they, they love the Lord. They love the Word of God. They love the things of God, and they don't realize that. Who forgives all? How many? All your sins and heals. How many? All your diseases. So what do we possess in Christ? First, we possess divine health. Say, I possess, I possess divine health, divine health in, Christ. in Christ. But you have to believe it. You have to choose to walk in it, no matter what is going on in the world. And we made the decision last summer that for the fall of 2020 and the spring of 2021, that we would just do everything as normal. We'd have school as normal here at St. Paul's. And so we, we had one of the school's attorneys create a simple waiver, and basically the purpose of that was to communicate to parents and family members, we're doing everything as normal, so we're not doing any of the nonsense the world is doing. So if you want to do that, this is not the place for you. We had school, the whole school year, as normal, kids had lunch together, our children never wore a mask, everything as normal. No issues whatsoever. Now you might say, well, Austin, why don't we advertise that? Well, because this world is full of crazy, crazy people. So we're walking in the blessing and the protection of God. But see, 
to do that, you have to know who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what belongs to you in Christ. You have to say, my name is on it, and you just have to walk in it, no matter what is going on in the world. A few months ago, one of the administrative meetings, we just were talking about it, how crazy things are, and the decision was made that for the upcoming school year, we're going to do the waiver again. And, some, and at the time, it looked like everything, it looked like the crazy was kind of diminishing. But now, of course, it's July, and what's, what's ramping up again? The crazy, the fear. And so it's a good thing that we're going to have that in place again. You have to know who you are. You have to know where you are. You have to know what belongs to you. And you just have to choose to walk in it no matter what is going on in the world. Say, I possess divine health in Christ. So Matthew writes, Matthew 8, 17, that Jesus, he took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. That is past tense completed action. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 24, that Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were, which is past tense, you were healed. Say, I have been healed. That is past tense, completed action. And I know this is not good English, not good grammar, but we're in Texas, that makes it okay. Say, if I was healed, then I am healed. If I was, then I am. If I was healed, then I am healed. Well, if that's true, we got to act like it. We got to talk like it. We ought to have the, the joy of the Lord. Amen. Well, we ought not believe that we're going to, you know, you're at Kroger's and you're going to get sick between your car and the front door. Or if you're, you're checking out, if someone just happens to be too close to you, it is all over. Say, if I was, then I am. Say, if I was, then I am. And again, praise God for healing. Praise God for healing. Praise God for there being this problem or that problem or that issue, and either by faith or by the anointing, it being dealt with, it being gone. Praise God for healing. But there's something even better, and that is walking in divine health. And again, we, we have lost sight of what belongs to us in Jesus Christ. The children of Israel, because of their disobedience and their rebellion, they spent 40 years wandering in the desert, in the wilderness. Yet the Bible says their clothes were not worn out, and their shoes, their, their sandals were not worn out. The Bible says of Moses that his forces were not abated. You read of Caleb. He, he, he was an old man. You know, for, mo for most people, he would have been retired living in the nursing home. But he was an old man, and he took, after the, the peoples had been driven out of the promised land, Caleb as an old man, he took the area, the geography that belonged to him as an old man. You, you go to the Old Testament, they, they walked in divine health before Christ. So what excuse do we have in 2021 when we have a new covenant that is better with better promises, with the superior high priest. And Paul says that all the promises, say all the promises, they are yes and amen and Christ Jesus. So it belongs to us. Say, say, praise God, 
for divine health. Praise God for the healing power of God. But I'm thankful that my Heavenly Father wants me to walk in divine health. So say this, say, Jesus, he took up my infirmities. Jesus, he carried every disease. If Jesus took them, that means I don't have them. Say, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Say, say, if I have been healed, that means I am healed right now. Say, if I was healed, then I am healed. Say, divine healing is mine, but even better, divine health is mine. Praise God. See, we don't have to believe and participate in whatever the world is doing. And it's amazing how even just common sense has been thrown out the window. My father said at 9 a.m., how come there's government officials and doctors aren't talking about the importance of everybody washing their hands? I remember being a little guy and traveling overseas with my parents in Central America and Africa and other places, and they would always tell me, Austin, don't touch your face, wash your hands. You see everybody, and they've got a mask on or two masks on, or maybe a mask plus a face shield, but what are they doing? They keep touching their face. How come nobody's talking about washing hands? And these bodies that God gave us, they're so wonderful. We all have this thing called an immune system. Amen? Amen. It's good to be outside. It's good to be in the sun. There was a point this past year, my heart was broken because a lady in the school office told me that one of the families that didn't want to participate with us in doing things as normal, they didn't want to sign the waiver. She was heartbroken talking to this family because it was a little boy. And literally, almost a whole year had gone by, and he hadn't been out of the house. He hadn't been anywhere, hadn't been to see any family members. They had literally kept that little boy in the house. And parents know a lot of what's going on is kids being on the Internet and devices, which is a bad deal. So in the world we live in today, you have to decide who you are in Christ, where you are in Christ, what belongs to you in Christ, and just walk in it no matter what is going on. We have a covenant right to healing. We have a covenant right to divine health. We have a covenant right to joy. We have a covenant right to peace. These benefits and blessings belong to us. And we appropriate them, we take them, we make them ours by faith. What did God tell Joshua? Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything. Say everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I like the New King James which says, then you'll make your way. You can say your life prosperous and then you will have good success. So to make God's word come to pass in your life, you've got to speak the word. You've got to say things like, doesn't matter what's going on, I'm walking in divine health. And one of the questions they don't want to answer is if somebody has beat and overcome COVID, if they even need a vaccine. Seems like it's the question no one wants to answer. Last fall, when we had Emily, or Jessica had Emily, I was just there to encourage her, amen. (laughs) Guys take credit for too much. But when we went to the hospital, they made Jessica do a test. She had, she had antibodies, which means that at some point she had it, she beat it, she overcame it, amen. amen. We're the blessed and the healed. 
the Almighty God walking in divine health? But no, nobody wants to answer that question. So in the time in which we live, you got to decide, are you going to believe God and the Word of God? Are you going to walk in all that belongs to you in Christ? Are you going to believe man? Are you going to believe the government? Are you going to believe people that are lost and on their way to hell and put all your faith and trust in them? Who is your source? Who are you going to believe? Whose word are you going to live by? So to make God's word come to pass in your life, you've got to speak the word. You've got to meditate on his word. And not just on Sunday mornings or Wednesday nights, amen, day and night. And then you've got to be a doer of the word. Say divine healing is mine. But even better, divine health is mine. So every sickness, every disease, every physical problem, any, anything in my family that has been an issue, it has no right. It has no place. It has no authority in my physical body. And I say, in the midst of everything going on in the world, my family and my children and my loved ones and my church family and my school family, we are walking in divine health and no weapon formed against us will prosper. Amen. It belongs to you. It has your name on it. So why put up with anything that doesn't belong to you? Why, why put up with anything that Jesus paid the price for so you don't have to have or deal with or bear or put up with? You are the blessed and the healed of Almighty God. And even better, divine health is yours. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.